this starts at such a young age when you ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Who I am is not what I do, but I think society has just intertwined those so much that we do think that is who we are. But of course, you know, your values and your skills and all of those things are independent of the company you work at. Welcome to the Whole Human Work Podcast. Today we've got on Sarah Powell. Sarah is the founder of Impactory, which offers eco-luxury wellness retreats to women executives seeking more purpose and less stress. Prior to Impactory, Sarah worked with mission-based organizations globally as a consultant for Accenture and as a chief operating officer. She also co-founded a clean water social enterprise in Ethiopia and is a guest lecturer on social entrepreneurship for executive MBAs and undergraduates. What's so wholly human about Sarah is the way she commits her brilliance and her ingenuity to impact. I hope this conversation with Sarah lights a spark for you. Let's jump in. As human beings, we need to know for our security, what's my status? How do I fall in this hierarchy? How can I demonstrate that I have status to ensure mm-hmm. that I continue belonging? And to me, this is intimately connected with patterns around identification with our work that mm-hmm. leads to pretty much making ourselves very, or our sense of self, pretty vulnerable. You mentioned belonging. I think it's about belonging to yourself first and then finding others who have those shared values and to feel feel that sense of connection with. But for me, I had no self-worth whatsoever. And I didn't realize this. And that's why I was working so hard. It was literally like life or death for me because it was, it was going into those tapping into those primal survival emotions and, and everything. I was pushing myself to extreme exhaustion because this was the only way that I felt that I was worthy. And it's not like this was a conscious thing. You know, it's, I, I wouldn't think that at all, if you would have talked to me back then. And, you know, then I was actually a pretty self-aware person, but it's, I think once I introduced meditation into my life and I started reading more, um, Brene Brown, that was where I started developing a vocabulary to even understand what I was experiencing. Like I didn't even know really what self-love was and shame and, and all of these things. It was, if you asked me then I would have said, yeah, of course I love myself. What does this even mean? And I really didn't because it was conditional only if I have all the things, only if I have the amazing apartment and the great job and the great job title and the money and I can go to nice restaurants and like treat my friends to amazing parties and dinners and things like that, which I mean, I still love doing that, but with or without that, like I still love myself and my friends love me with or without those things too. And if they don't, then they get cut out of my life. <laughs> and they're not your friends. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's a company that makes me not feel valued, then I'm not going to stay there. You know, it's 
I think the relationship with work, um, you know, for me, I, I started seeing work as, or I guess my place of work as a two way thing. I'm not just here to serve you. Like you are here to serve me as well. And I didn't really have that perspective before it was just, you know, I'm here to work and I hope I get promoted. I hope I get the, um, you know, whatever the pay raise or the bonus or these kinds of things, or this role, it was, it wasn't coming from a very secure place. I'm going to attempt to articulate this connection that I think you were making there. (laughs) That's, that can be kind of elusive because there's so much of the, you know, Instagram image around Mm self-love and that, that level of, it can, it can seem like this concept that's kind of kind of hollow but there's real there's real uh, weight to it mm-hmm. when we connect this notion of self-love of groundedness in who we are with our ability to effectively relate with integrity in our lives mm-hmm. and in our relationships mm-hmm. meaning in alignment with who we are and in support of greater contribution within whether it's the company or the mm-hmm. mission that we're a part of. So yeah. for us to take grounded action, we need to feel a sense of value within ourselves, a sense of security within ourselves, mm-hmm. a sense of appreciation and and really seeing and, and being with who we really are mm-hmm. so that we are not just kind of at the at the blow of a breeze able to be kind of blow like a soft breeze being blown over because we're not we're not actually stable mm-hmm. in our sense of self it's that stability in the sense of self that groundedness and that self-worth that supports us in relating with our organization or broader group in the way you're describing where we recognize that it's a two-way relationship Mm-hmm. We establish boundaries. We advocate for ourselves. We take ownership. Mm-hmm. That relationship can only happen in integrity if we are centered within ourselves. The problem or the the biggest roadblock, at least that I experienced, was how to be myself when you're getting all of these external messages about what I should be. And you're getting this from very, you know, before you can even speak about like what role I should play, how I should behave. And, and you're also raised to look externally for answers to things. You know, you're, when you're a kid, you ask your parents, you ask your teacher. Now it's like, I go on Google or, you know, things like that. You're not really, you don't ever learn to look inward and listen to what feels right. And oftentimes you're conditioned to do the opposite. Oh, that's rude. Don't do that. Or, oh, you know, just go do it. It's the polite thing to do. Again, these like, you should do these things. And I think that's what makes it, it's so difficult. And it's also terrifying because going back to this sense of belonging, it's, if I show up as myself, then what if the the tribe or whatever, you know, doesn't accept me? So that's that can be really scary. But what I've found is once I 
really listened to what felt right to me and what didn't. And that's where meditation really helped was just helping me to connect what I was feeling physically in my body with, okay, this person's making me feel anxious or like right now at this moment, I'm feeling triggered by these things. And so I was being more informed and then I can make informed decisions from there of like, okay, this isn't feeling good to me. I'm not going to do that. Whereas before feeling that resistance or something, I would have tried harder or would have gone into a people pleasing mode, things like that. For me, once I started just being myself and unapologetically myself and setting boundaries, like having standards for the relationships in my life, really leading with my values that it was just a beautiful thing happened. I started attracting my people, people who have those shared values. And I do experience a deep sense of belonging with the people in my life now. And I didn't have that before because I was really just trying to fit in all the time and I wasn't actually being myself. But I think it's it's confusing because you, you've just been getting these messages about what you should be and like, this is what's going to make you happy. And I think so many of us, then they get there, you know, it's like, okay, I had this quote unquote success and, you know, had all the things, but why am I not happy? It's like, because that's not your definition of success. It's someone else's. (laughs) We don't need to all keep individually experience or learning this lesson the hard way. (laughs) We reach this, this version of what appeared like success on the outside. And then on the inside, we're just, it's not doing what, it was promised to do. Mm-hmm. And that message of if we just get our external reality just like set up just so, everything's going to feel perfect for you. And we're we're sold that in so many different ways as you were speaking to and in ways that are obvious, mm-hmm. advertising, social media, mm-hmm. reality shows, whatever, to the more really subtle, the language we use, the conversations that happen in most social, like what's a classic small talk conversation. If you go to any social event, at least in the U S Oh, what's your name? What do you do? Mm -hmm. So, uh, in order to make a shift here so that we don't have to keep like going for that next level of success and then realizing, Oh, you know what? I'm still not feeling aligned or content. And then we go for this other version of external success. If we can, recognize what you just described, which is, well, if I actually learn a practice of connecting with myself first, and what I heard you describing is learning to discern what is in alignment with me, what is who I am versus Mm -hmm. what is something that is maybe a learned pattern that is something I don't really believe in. And you brought up something so important, which is, uh, so I've been, I think I shared with you last time we spoke, I have, I adopted a puppy and I've been working on training him. He's 10 months old now. And, and through that process, it's just continuously reinforced that if I say something, Mm -hmm. if I give him a command, if I am not really believing that that is a command inside Mm -hmm. (laughs) and speaking it that way, he knows. And he will just go about his merry way doing whatever he wants to do. (laughs) 
And he learns how to detect when I'm actually serious and speaking from my core mm -hmm. versus when I'm kind of just like half there. Yeah. And it's the same when it comes to how we show up to our, our work and our lives, where when we create this practice of connecting with ourselves and you brought up meditation there, when mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to slow down and get to know our center, what it feels like to be grounded in ourselves. And you, you brought up a few times these language around the, the feeling like in, in your mm -hmm. body and how you connect with that. This is counter to all the messages we re we've received. That's where we got to start. <laughs> That's the platform. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think, I think there's also, you know, we're saying, do we all have to go through this, the pain of that? And I kind of think we do. Like, I think everyone's on their own journey and there's no, you know, what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for someone else. And I think for me, at least, you know, whenever I kind of feel this itch for change, or this isn't quite right. Like when I was working in consulting before I was living in DC, like I had all those things, but I knew this isn't it for me. And so made a radical change, moved to Spain, did my MBA. And there were a series of other times throughout my life where I just made these radical changes. But, you know, it's like whenever I feel that kind of itch for change or something doesn't feel quite right. What I do is I go out and try new things. I get curious and I follow what I'm naturally pulled towards and, and just really listen to my inner voice. And even though I don't know what that next step is necessarily, I have faith in myself that I'm going to be able to figure it out when I'm there. Just doing that and testing things out is requires a lot of courage because you're going to be a beginner, you know, you're especially someone who's farther along in their career and is used to being very successful at whatever it is that they're doing to go off and do something else means there's this uncertainty of, am I going to be successful in this or not? And I think that fear, because yeah, eventually you'll be successful at it, but like you are going to have to be a beginner again. I think that fear of like not being perfect, of not being like the best goes into limiting beliefs that we have that I always have to present myself in this. I have it together. I'm perfect kind of thing that prevents a lot of people from really finding out what it is that they love doing and living a life that's in alignment. You're never going to know if you don't try things out. You can't like think yourself into a new way of being. You just got to go do it. It's something you have to experience. And yeah, everyone's kind of on their own path. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have to experience it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Hopefully you want to try something <laughs> uh, yeah. But yes, I can see what you're, what you're saying there. <laughs> Yeah, we got to like I like to remind my clients, you know, being human is messy. Yeah. And like the the best thing we can do is just accept that. Stop trying mm -hmm. to fight that. Stop trying to appear perfect. Stop <laughs> yeah. trying to manage everyone's perception of us. Yeah. And this is by the way, I'm telling this to myself also on a daily <laughs> basis. Yeah. Uh, but this is 
it's this is how we allow ourselves the space to just mm. connect with the reality of who we are, which can be messy. It's a learned skill, I think, for sure. But it gets easier. Like every time you do it, it's less scary. So, and then you just get to the point where, like where I am now, I don't take other people's opinions very personally. There are certain people whose opinions I value highly, but even if they're not fully aligned with what it is that I'm doing, it's my life at the end of the day. You know, I'm the one who has to live with. I don't think we're implying here that we're going to be like inconsiderate of other people's feelings or whatever, but there's a difference between trying to manage others' perceptions and experiences, especially their experience of us Mm -hmm. and being kind and thoughtful. Those things are different. And in order to show up in in that way, and this is one of the things, one of the reasons I was really excited to to have you on for a conversation Mm -hmm. is because we we need more models of what does that look like for starters mm-hmm. what does that look like through behavior and also examples of how how do i start moving in that direction how do i start taking the steps to get there especially if somebody's at a point where it sounds more like what you were describing when you had self-awareness, mm-hmm. but you weren't quite able to discern at the time where you were actually, how I describe it, where you're taking action from. Mm-hmm. Where am I coming from in each moment? Am I coming from my patterning? Am I coming from trying to manage some external conditions? Or am I coming from my center, from who I really am? And I'd love to go deeper into something that can be hard for many of us who don't yet have these practices Mm -hmm. to understand, which is when you are referring to what you experience within yourself, what you experience at the level of the felt sense in your body, your awareness of the thoughts in your mind. One of the things that we can lose sight of is how how disembodied we have learned to be in our work, especially Mm -hmm. in addition to life more generally, but how there can be such a kind of a ramp that we have to allow ourselves Mm -hmm. in order to develop more of that connection that supports us, our connection with our body and our mind that -hmm. allows us to show up in this way. That's a prerequisite for us to be able to show up in this way. Okay, how to do this? I think it's going to look different for everyone, but I cannot recommend meditation enough to get into your body and raise that level of of awareness. This was just such a game changer for me, such a game changer, like using an app. I love using the Calm app. Um, It just, I think for me, it did a couple of things. One it's just an opportunity for me to just stop during the day and connect with myself, just take a breath, especially in a very high stress, demanding environment. Like when I was in consulting and like at my last job, I was a chief operating officer. There was, that was very stressful. And just finding what brings you 
peace and like back to earth. And, you know, that can be for me, yoga does that also cooking, arranging flowers. (laughs) I know that probably sounds a little silly, but it's like, just find whatever works for you. Even doing a class, like I took some ballet classes and that, because it's so technical, my mind cannot wander to other places. Listening to whatever you're being called to. I don't even know why I signed up for ballet classes. I think just finding activities that kind of bring you back into your body is super important. Um, But I think honestly, at the end of the day, like you can do all the yoga and meditation in the world, but until you get to the deep wounds within you, until you address the root of the issue, these things are going to continue to come up. So getting a professional therapist, coach, all of these things to support you in your journey to just better understand yourself and, you know, reading books and podcasts and things like that, like those are great resources, but these are things that are unique to you and your life experience. Combining therapy with meditation for me was like an absolute game changer. For me, um, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown completely changed my life. That's where I started actually having the vocabulary of understanding like what is self-love and that it's really about accepting myself all parts of myself and, and realizing that to get to this place of happiness and inner peace, you have to go to the darkness to find the light. And, and that's a scary place to be. And I think a lot of people just live in fear and would rather block that out, disassociate from themselves. I mean, that's what I did most of my life was I just disassociated from my feelings. Unfortunately, I really, pushed myself so hard, um, living out of alignment and just continued to push, push, push. Cause that's just kind of what I did. I was like, yeah, I'm stressed. Yeah. I'm tired, but I'm going to keep pushing through until eventually I ended up having a medical emergency where I couldn't work. And that for me was like one of the absolute worst moments of my life, like darkest places, but it was also the greatest gift that I've ever received because that pause enabled me. It gave me the space to explore like, what is going on? Why am I pushing myself to the point of literal exhaustion where I was having problems with my thyroid, where I had extreme weight loss. I was having very severe debilitating anxiety, depression, all these things that were not me. And my journey was, yeah, I needed to get to that point because I wasn't going to stop otherwise. And I think this has been a, a common story that I've heard from so many people who are high performers, they're high achievers. They just push, push, push until their body says no. And like your body will stop (laughs) whether you're going to listen or not. And I wasn't listening. That's when I got curious about meditation and followed that. And, and then that is where I was able to deepen my self-awareness and, and then really realize, I guess, at that point that I was hustling to achieve these goals and they weren't really dreams of mine. They weren't what I deeply cared about. There were things I kind of 
thought subconsciously I should be doing. And once I let go of those things is when just everything in life got so much easier. It permeates through all parts of your life, through work, through your friendships with your family, romantic relationships, anything. What I've noticed is I am more myself everywhere I go now, whereas before I had work Sarah and actual Sarah and Sarah who's with her family and all of these things. And now I'm, and that's not authentic. Now I'm just, this is how I always am. (laughs) Just listen to yourself. Do not be so concerned with what you're seeing, you know, on Instagram or whatever. You don't know that person's journey and you don't know the reality of their life. You know, that's the other thing is that, yeah, it could look great, but they might actually be crying on the inside. You know, as I was building my business, people were messaging me like, wow, looks like you're crushing it. Oh my gosh, you're doing amazing work, all of this stuff. And I'm sitting here sobbing and just having, going through such a difficult time. And if they actually saw live how I really was, um, what I was really experiencing in that moment, there's there's ups and downs to everything. There's going to be good days, bad days, you know, super happy days, hard days. Endless cycles, endless ebbs and flows, part mm-hmm. of being human, part of being part of nature. There is no end point where suddenly everything's just totally smooth and yeah. we never have to encounter any of those shadows or challenging parts or protective parts within ourselves or this is this is what we're doing in being mm-hmm. human and what you bring up around accepting that just that that range of experiences mm-hmm. that we have as human beings this is really the price of admission to mm-hmm. developing this quality of awareness of what's aligned and what's not and being mm-hmm. grounded in ourselves and connected to our center, to our self-worth and being able to take action in life in a way that's aligned. And so many of us, or really all of us have experienced that time in which, and some of you may be experiencing it, where where we, we know it's like, oh yeah, of course, I, I'm definitely going to start meditating. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to start yeah. taking more breaks and I'll I'll do these things that I know are going to be good for me mm-hmm. as soon as I get this thing or as soon as mm-hmm. this project completes, as soon yeah. as I get this promotion. And the hard truth, the pill that we really have got to swallow that I would take away from this conversation would be, oh, that stuff, that external stuff, it's always going to be changing. It's always going to be moving. The only way that I can go about developing this type of connection we're talking about, if that's something I want to foster within myself, is by allowing myself to take that space, to take the breaks to do the meditation, Mm -hmm. to breathe, to be with myself, to go out into nature, to move my body, whether that's in ballet Mm -hmm. or other in an intentional way. But I have to, I have to carve out that space Mm -hmm. because there will always be other things that can fill that space. Always, especially if you've been on that 
high performer kick for your whole career. And I think also that non-reactivity, that's a huge benefit that I've gotten from meditation is just, okay, what's happening? How am I feeling? Do I want to respond? How do I want to respond? How do I want to show up? I think before my automatic response was always like people pleasing. And then I would get myself into these situations where I was not respecting my own boundaries. I was being reactive. But now even if I get a text, I'm like, I'm not in a place right now to respond to this in the way that I want to, or an email. And I don't feel guilty about that anymore. I used to feel guilty. And I've noticed actually in a few people's emails recently in the footer, in the signature, it says like, I'm writing this email at a time that's convenient for me. Please respond at a time that's convenient for you. Just getting away from this sense of urgency. Even some people I've seen have out of offices permanently on their email. And it's just like, I'm trying to, you know, control my, how I am using my energy and, and that kind of thing. It's, to me, it's, it's wonderful to see people taking charge of their time and their energy and putting those boundaries in place. And I think by doing that, you're giving other people permission to do the same. How do we do that? And how do we model it? It's yeah. Seeing those things. And, and if that feels right to you, then do it. Or experiment with one of these things that sound like it would be really uncomfortable and then feel how uncomfortable it feels and move through that <laughs> process. Yeah. And if you, you want some, it's always helpful to have some support around that. So whether it's a friend that you do it with, coach or a therapist, mm-hmm. I always want to reinforce the social nature of this, of this growth, us being mm-hmm. social beings. So uh, okay. however you can enroll others in whatever practices you want to explore that is <laughs> that is how we really grow in a sustained way so yeah. sarah we've been talking about practices for for a, a lot of this conversation so i'm going to adjust the question i typically ask everyone to share a practice that supports them and showing up in this way we're really talking about grounded mm-hmm. present authentically fully you not just one part of you that goes into this bucket over here but the yeah. full aspect of who you are. So I'm going to ask you instead, just modify that to be (laughs) when you are uh, in these moments where you notice, let's say, you're not being totally present, or you're having a hard time snapping out of the doing mode to be able Mm -hmm. to take a break. How do you initiate? How do you pattern interrupt Mm -hmm. to be able to come back to your practices, as opposed to continuing to push them off? Yeah, I actually just experienced this this weekend. I am launching a new retreat in Mallorca. And I was also invited on a retreat there. So I went there, um, I was doing a trip and I was having this pull, push and pull of, I'm trying to relax on the retreat I was invited to, but I'm also trying to work. And I was feeling a lot of anxiety and a lot of pressure around getting my retreat going. And I could feel in my body, I wasn't able to be fully present in the moment and enjoy my work is one of my absolute favorite places. And it's a literal paradise. (laughs) Like I'm 
have mountains, a beach. I'm staying in these amazing, luxurious villas, all of this. And I'm like, wow, I can't even fully connect with myself right now and be present here. For me, what I do meditation, I mean, I've said that a million times, but that's something it's like, if I'm thirsty, I need water. Like that's how I'm stressed. I need meditation. And I also try to just slow down. I know that I need, when I get like that, I'm not being productive because I'm not, I'm not fully relaxing and I'm not working. I'm not being productive either way. So I force myself to take a day where I'm like, we're not working today. It's done. Tomorrow we will start this. And I will not allow any interruptions to that. And if it's, if I can't take a full day, then I will say, okay, for the next three hours, I'm going to set an alarm and I'm going to take this time for myself. Um, that has been really powerful. Just giving myself the permission. Cause sometimes even if I'm like, okay, three hours, like in an hour and a half, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine now. I'm, I'm calmed down. (laughs) I think it's just giving myself like dedicated space really helps to helps to reset. And one of these coaches that I was partnering with recently was saying slowing down to speed up. And I fully agree with that. And so that's something that's worked really well for me is just giving me that time to sit there, cry it out, journal, go for a walk, go watch trash on Netflix or whatever. (laughs) Some Um, structured, unstructured time, like structured time where you're just within that time frame, you just are playing, wandering, Mm -hmm. you're not focusing, you maybe allow yourself to be bored to just disconnect. Sarah, where can people find you? And what can you share about what you've got going on? follow me on LinkedIn. It's Sarah Powell or follow my business Impactory. It's impact. I M P A C T U R Y. We offer eco luxury wellness retreats for women executives who are seeking more purpose and less stress in their lives. And this was all inspired by my own experience of being in corporate and looking for a more purpose and really seeking out a more intentional way of living with less stress. So we help women to do that through rest and relaxation. They also have coaching that helps them with personal transformation. We do cultural immersion and there's an aspect of social impact. So we do those in Nepal and Mallorca. So they can go to impactory.com to, to learn more about that there's a way to get that structured, unstructured, semi-structured time uh, <laughs> in style too. And with Yes, group. exactly. <laughs> and yeah. within community, that's what I think yes. is the best thing is that you're doing that. Cause for me, my, my journey was very isolating and scary and a lot longer than I think it should have been, or it could have been. If I had the support of coaches and community of other women, I think it would have shown me that, Hey, I'm not alone on this journey. Cause you're not. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for having me. 